This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Number nine? Number nine? Number nine? Oh, no, wait. I think we've started. Okay. Donald Trump is not winning. That's not a prediction. It's an assessment of the state of affairs as of this moment. Donald Trump is not, as of this moment, winning. Again, that's not a projection. I can give you a projection if you want one, but that's not intended as projection. That's intended as report. Current tense. Donald Trump is not winning. In fact, Donald Trump is losing in all national polls. But don't worry, because you know, as I do, that national polls don't really matter that much unless and until, of course, They do because they all say the same thing. But swing states, Donald Trump is losing to Hillary Clinton in every single swing state. Uh, And so that's why we're going to start today with our final Olympic Update, Excelsior. Welcome back. Best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. We are here live. We are together. The Blaze Radio Network. one 3393 May I quickly add, because I, uh, uh, yes, I do mean to be a wise guy, but I don't mean to do it at the cost of your trust or our collective sanity, or our investment in humanity. Now, everything I've just said is true. I left out some of the mitigating factors. For instance, Americans really don't start to pay attention Not most of them. Most of them have made up their minds. The vast majority of voters have made up their minds. And were the election held today, Donald Trump would lose. However, we're not talking about the vast majority of voters, are we? We're talking about that, forgive me, woeful, pitiable 10% or more 
that we have learned in the last, you know, 20, 30 years at least, we have learned that 10 plus percent of our fellow citizens make up their minds in the voting booth or sometime after Sunday night. Sometime between Sunday night, I don't mean this Sunday night either. You know what I mean. Between Sunday night and stepping into the voting booth, which they barely do, you know, which they, they may or may not do as of as of Monday night. They're not sure they're going to step into the voting booth on Tuesday. That's how tenuous this is, okay? But the tenuousness works to our advantage in a way, in a very real way, because it is the people who in the end say, you know what? You know what? We need to make a change. I mean, that's, that's not the most sober vote in the world. It's not the most considered vote in the world. But you know what? It's the only vote that is our hope. The, those of us who do not want to give our children, our families, and burden ourselves with a Clinton presidency, the only hope is what I'm saying right now, is that true to form, but even truer, that 10 plus percent of Americans among the many grotesque phenomena this year, one of them will be an even more grotesque and phenomenal decision-making at the very last minute. I predict to you uh, confidently, Guru Jay say, that anyone who makes up his or her mind in the last 72 hours in this election and and who votes will break for Trump and vote and vote for Trump. Indeed, uh, those of us who have a bumper sticker that has always said, no Hillary, forget Trump. If your bumper sticker says no Hillary, then your your only hope, and you have known this, and maybe I should be delivering this soliloquy, you know, in a few more weeks. Uh, doubtless, uh, I, I, I shall. But I can't wait because it would stick in my craw. The fact of the matter as we sit here is I can't ignore this, and you can't ignore this. And if you were the kind of person who didn't care, you wouldn't be here. You'd be listening to sports radio, which which this is, isn't it? I've always regarded this as a kind of sports radio, civic sports circus maximus. But let's face it, that that gruesome fact that has astounded and frankly embarrassed a lot of us in the last 10 years, 20 years, you know, that we're aware of. It's been going on for really closer to 40. Uh, 
Because 40 years ago ain't that long ago. Think about it. But in the last 10 years or so is probably when you've become more aware of this stuff, as I have. And you're probably, frankly, embarrassed by the fact that Americans... I mean, I can think of calls that I take from you. Oh, no Twitter. I'm going to try to fix it tonight, right after the show. But I still have no Twitter. I, I mean to have it. I need to have it. They were not available. They were not open. The department I need was not open during the weekend. Couldn't do anything about it. I hope to fix it tonight after the show. You'll be the first to know. All right. So, look. We we all know the bottom of bottomist lines on this. Big bottom. Talk about mud flaps. The Democrats got them. Okay. This is what we're dealing with. What has always been a a uh, a, a, a a riverboat gambler's choice, you know, in a riverboat gambler's life, and something which has at least quietly embarrassed us, which is that, and I think of the calls and the tweets I get from you, from especially from those of us who call and correspond and say, Jay, Jay. Tell me this isn't true. You know, say it ain't say, Joe. It re- really? My fellow citizens don't know after all of this. They really don't know now for whom they're voting. They really don't know if they're voting and, and they don't know for whom. Really? Is that possible? Is that? Y- yes, it is possible. It's not only plausible. It's not only possible. It's plausible. It's not only plausible, it is so. It is so. The, the, the 10 to 15%, and maybe this time, more of our fellow citizens are not going to make up their minds whether to vote, and if they vote, for whom to vote, uh, until Sunday night, Monday, or Tuesday, when they step into the voting booth. But for the first time, we must consider uh, it's it's a dirty coincidence. And we ought to feel a little dirtied by it. But it is a dirty but true coincidence that this time, this election, this time, the degree to which people are making up their minds late, You know something, and I know something that Hillary Clinton knows, and that is of the people who make up their minds in the last few days, even last few hours, Hillary Clinton ain't getting those votes. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. 
Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Partners, I'm really tremendously serious about this. This would appear to be the last day. Oh, by the way, I didn't get this in my notes because I just learned about it. The first domino has fallen. Uh, It's not Nike. A major athletic apparel sponsor has dropped Ryan Lotke as a spokesperson. I don't know how many of tens of millions of dollars are involved, but the first of the major sponsors has dropped Ryan Lotke. I also pick up from various media, as perhaps you have, that it is a matter of short time before he is suspended for an indefinite period of time by the governing board of swimming, which uh, controls his uh, event and his, indeed, his livelihood. But this is something we already we discussed at the moment it happened and we all knew it was going to happen. We are going to return to politics. Oh, boy, oh, boy, are we going to return to politics and we're going to do it today and we're going to do it a lot. But right now, in as much as this may be our last Olympic update, I'm tremendously serious about wanting your opinion because for all of the criticism of the Olympics I have proffered, I love the Olympics. I am in love with the Olympics. I love the concept of the Olympics. I love the Olympians. I love the sacrifice they have made. It is not on a par with our soldiers or policemen or firefighters. But as for the sacrifice that one can make in a civilian occupation, I love what Olympians do. I love who they are. I love what they give. I love that they represent perhaps the last of a great breed of Americans, and for that matter, earthlings, uh, who have the misfortune of perhaps having been born in lesser countries than ours, but they represent perhaps the last of a great a iconoclastic breed of pioneers, of individuals who have decided to go for it, quote-unquote. I admire them enormously. I love the Olympics, and it's only because I bother to pay attention and criticize them that proves I love them. If I thought them unworthy then I wouldn't criticize them, which is true in life, is it not? Yes, it is. I criticize the Olympics because I want them better. I want the Olympics with which I grew up. And you know what? Of of the things that fall under that heading, I know, I know, I can never have back Leave it to Beaver. I know, I know, I can never have back Father Knows Best. Although, 
I'll die trying. But I appreciate that the likelihood of my getting those things back is what we call unlikely. But I don't think it's unlikely, or I think it's a good it's a good house bet. In this case, we're the house. I think it's a good house bet that we can have back the Olympics. Because if we don't have back the Olympics, there won't be any more Olympics. With one Hillary Clinton-sized asterisk. And that's this. Imagine, if you will, a meeting of the post-Tokyo Olympic Committee. It's four years from now. They have the Olympics. They bomb. No one could figure it out. What happened? Why the, All of the old men on the IOC can't figure it out. And the next meeting they have, the young Turks walk in, the guys from Hollywood, and they say, nah, nah, you guys are... You guys are ancients. You want to talk about the ancient Olympics? You guys are ancient. Now, now you have to have pole dancing in the Olympics. You have to have porn. You have to have, and then they go on the list of a number of unmentionable categories. And the way this story plays out is that people quit. They get laughed out of the room. They get thrown out of the room. People quit. But little by little, there's one or two people who say, you know, these guys are sick bastards, but they just might be right. Because we live and die on TV ratings. And so the end of this movie I've just written for you is at the end of the movie, the guys who quit and wait for the ratings to come in after the first night of the Olympic ceremonies, which includes Olympic pole dancing next to the torch. They come in and no Super Bowl has ever had ratings one-tenth the ratings that the new, quote, modern Olympics with flesh. The flesh Olympics get ratings higher than anything ever seen. They make a trillion dollars and thus doom the Olympics forever to the lowest common denominator. It's it's only a sick idea projected by my sick mind, but derivative of the increasingly sick culture in which we live. You must admit, it could make a very good movie. And to the degree you think it's utterly incredible, well, okay, But I would take the other side, and I don't think I would lose money. So we are going to come back to politics and talk about it until you wish the Olympics were three years long (laughs) at a a time. But no, we always make it more interesting than that. So, But we'll talk about Olympics again in a minute. But right now, I'm tremendously interested, if no other time during this three-week spectacular i want to know did you watch it did you not watch it did you used to care and no longer care or have you never cared 
This is a very, very key question. Did you used to look forward to the Olympics? And if so, were the Winter Olympics your thing as opposed to the Summer Olympics? Did you watch the Summer Olympics? If so, what did you watch? If not, why didn't you watch? What what are they doing wrong? And the big, big, big opinions are, what do they need to do so that cities will once again compete for it? They're going to cut down the events, or are they going to give it a permanent home? Which? Both? Neither? Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. By the way, best and brightest, the governor of Virginia has just restored voting rights to 13,000 felons in Virginia. 13,000 felons. And how do you think the breakdown of that vote will go? I mean, just... What do you imagine the breakdown of that vote will look like when Democrat governors or court decisions around the country force the vote restored to felons, including the most violent repeat offender felons in the United States? Where do you think that vote? How do you think that vote breakdown goes? Do you suspect, along with me, that the Democrats have a vested interest in this of any kind? It is is heartbreaking. All right? I, I, I don't, as you know, I like to avoid the heartbreaking or at least deal with it directly uh, and hard as we can and move on. But we have a little more heartbreak before we return to politics where follows further heartbreak. But right now, I really do want to know. And until I'm satisfied, I've heard from you, this could go on and on. The Olympics, to me, are the only non-United Nation expression and hope for international understanding. And I know that that asks a lot. And I'm not, as you know, a foo. So I don't think that getting together, playing volleyball, is going to you know, make... North Korea and 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 we friends but I'm willing to try especially if it's the women's team but I I think the Olympics are important and whatever they are or are not I think they're worth saving and like anything else if they're worth saving they're worth maintenance the Olympics are like an old home I have always had the lucky occasion to live by choice in old homes. I prefer old homes. But they do require maintenance. The Olympics require maintenance. Because right now what we see are the Olympics falling apart. And the two most 
accepted arguments as to how to fix the Olympics are one, the other, or both of the following. Put the Olympics, school of thought number one, put the Olympics on an event diet. That is, cut down the volume of events that the Olympics holds. Because every time you eliminate one event, you eliminate tens of millions of dollars. And who knows what, you know, who knows what, other expenses and complications. Now you'd say, well, yeah, that's easy to say, but you're just going to take away the discus. No, no, I'm not going to take away the discus if it's up to me. I mean, this is one of the few jobs I would take other than the job I have is being on the international Olympics committee, by the way, honestly, talk about meaningful work. If you decided to do the job instead of accepting bribes, I mean, I know where to get hookers and see pole dancers if I want, and I don't. But if I did, I could do that on my own. I can't believe these pathetic, fat white men are accepting pole dances and free hotel rooms with free cable. It says outside a on the sign, free cable, free HBO, cocktails, chops. Anyway. No, I wouldn't give up the discus. But two schools of thought. Number one, cut down on the number of events. Number two, give the Olympics a permanent home. And with that, stop the insane obsession with architectural competition such that each city believes it has to build utopia every four years at the cost of trillions of dollars it is not sustainable no va it doesn't go it can't work the idea of a permanent home for the summer olympics at least and i care mostly about the winter olympics by the way but i realize i need to focus on the summer olympics why because the summer olympics are the original olympics not the winter olympics My favorite's the winter, but I realize that the classic Summer Olympics are the Olympics. How fast can you throw? How fast, how far can you throw? How far and fast can you run? How how accurately can you throw a, 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 a spear? How high can you jump? How long and fast and far can you swim? How how far and fast and long can you boat? How you know? These are the classic Olympian, Grecian, Olympic sports. I appreciate that. So I'm willing to give up the only Olympics I really care truly deeply about, which is the Olympic events of the winter, and concentrate on the summer for the purposes of this argument. This argument, by the way, takes place, or it doesn't, via 1-888-900-3393. one 900 3393. Now, on that second school of thought, the idea is award, even if you do it four Olympics at a time, do it 25 years at a time, minimum. And this is my idea. I just heard of this because I just thought of it. Do it 
four Olympics. Wait, that's 16 years. Okay, see, this is why I'm not going to be chosen for the IOC. Do it five Olympics in a row, minimum, 20 years. Award it a permanent home, and everyone competing can chip in on an individual basis to build or refurbish, to restore, to modernize, to maintain whatever is required in order to have an absolutely first-class, viable Summer Olympics. But have it in the same place once every four years for a quarter century. And then have a vote, have a meeting, and decide maybe if you'd like to try someplace else. But the whole idea here is not spending trillions of dollars every four years to rebuild the infrastructure. Every year we, every four years, we rebuild the Olympics from the ground up. We spend a trillion dollars and the thing falls into ruin and becomes a urban husk of uselessness. And as I mentioned the other day, the 1976 Montreal Olympics, they didn't finish, the, the, the citizens of Canada did not finish paying for the 1976 Olympics until 2008. This is what's happening every Olympics. Stop it! Stop it! So, I mean, that's, there is an argument. Give it a permanent, or as I have just uh, vamped here, a semi-permanent home. See how that works out. Now, as for the diet, I turned on the Olympics during the weekend. Again, I like when they're on. I get spoiled. But see, I only like certain sports, as you do. I like very few sports. I really love volleyball, beach and otherwise. I love team handball and some other stuff, but not a lot of not a lot of other stuff. I respect it all, but I don't dig it all. I don't watch it all. But the other day, not the other day, yesterday and the day before, I turned on the Olympics and I watched and on three separate occasions I turned on and there was classical music playing and a woman doing ballet of some sort while she bounced and balanced a ball. The ball was midway between a volleyball and a basketball and she was balancing the ball like a trained seal on her head, on her nose, on her arm, and doing balletic performance around the balancing of this ball. The hell is that? And then I turned it off briskly, came back an hour later, and there was a woman with an effing hula hoop. A hula hoop. And there was piano music playing and a woman with a hula hoop. What, from what ancient Greek survival skill does the hula hoop derive? I mean, is Whammo a Greek family name? Is, 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 did Whammo 
invent this and introduce this event? Like, we, we need an extra day at the Olympics for balancing a ball on my nose like a seal and doing the hula hoop? This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show. Welcome back, partners. John from the Commonwealth. Welcome. Hi, Jay. How are you doing? It's been a little while. John, and, and I'm glad you called back. Uh, so, Jay, I, first I have to apologize. I haven't been listening today. I haven't been listening live. Uh, I've been trying to catch up by podcast on Friday's um, show. Well, thank um, you. So. Thank you in any case. Thank you. Uh, so the uh, in Friday's podcast, you know, you were on show. You were talking about the you know, Ryan Lockie, and uh, it struck me. I had to I had to call you right away. Uh, Great. The you were talking about the you know morals and behaviors, you know that that have changed with basically that gener his generation, and uh, you know one of the things that that somewhat infuriates me, disappoints me, and you know leaves me kind of at a loss of how what we're how to correct this is that. You know, we've come to refer to, to males in their 20s as kids. Uh, you know, we, we yes. set the expectations uh, and, you know, accept, we accept the juvenile behavior. We refer to them as Absolutely. kids. It, it it's used called to be that we, in, infa- yeah. infantilization. We yeah, infantilize exactly. them. Yeah. It wasn't long, it wasn't, you know, a long time ago when, you know, a male reached the age that, uh, you know, the requisite age to join the military. He was referred to as a male, as a man, treated as exactly such, right. and, and expected to be, you know, an adult. Um, and, and did. And did. And did. My, my, yeah. my, father, my father was uh, 18 when he joined. When, when, when I was 28, my, uh, my uh, achievements in life included I was on my second Volkswagen bus and... I don't know what else. You know, my father, by the age of 25, had fought a war, uh, very nearly fought a second one, and had started a business and a family, owned a home, and was raising a family and children. You know, and that was, he was 25, he was a man. He was considered a man. And that's that's what made this country great. Bless him. That's, that's how we it became what we've become, and... Yeah, I, we're we're going backwards. My my children, my oldest is nine years old. Nine year, I have two boys, nine year old and a four year old. Bless, and, bless. You know, I just uh, it's uh, I I worry often about you know how what how society is going to mold him, and I have to make sure that I mold him uh, to exactly. meet those ideals. You worry about what's beyond your control, right? You know, exactly. you do right. what you can, but you know. So yeah, that was I, I had to get that off my chest and <laughs> and mention it, and I appreciate uh, you taking my call and uh, and hearing your words. John, I am really glad that there is a little nine-year-old and a little four-year-old out there who have a role model like you for a daddy, because I can imagine 
I probably won't have this blessing, but I can imagine speaking to them in 10 or 12 years, uh, which I'd like very much. Uh, who, who wouldn't? But, you know, and I know, and I know that they will sound very much like their daddy in terms of the way they see the world and in terms of responsibility, because that's where it comes from. That's where it comes from, doesn't it? Well, I I hope so. I hope that they'll. Uh, I hope that they look back and and appreciate uh, appreciate the ideals I've set as I did my father. And, uh, and John, just remember the blackout period. Just 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 be prepared for the blackout period. <laughs> right, where, where right. I mean, it. I hope it won't happen, but yeah. it could. The blackout yeah. period of of about eight years during which. They want you to die. And then they wake up again like they come out of a radio blackout of the clouds in the sky. They're like an airplane. And all of a sudden they start hearing you again. Hello? Hello? We're hearing you loud and clear. And then you thank God and and, and you thank the God of your choice and everything you can imagine that they're, they're hearing you again. That they've broken radio silence. John, I admire you and I'm happy for your boys and for you. We'll be right back. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Here is the candid situation. I am going to speak to you That doesn't mean you need listen, but I'm going to speak to you, I hope with you, a little more about the Olympics because, A, I can, B, we will never again have good reason to talk about them for, not never again, but uh, let me put it this way, we you and I may never again have the opportunity to discuss them. And see, I believe they're an important part of who we are. And so, given that this is the last day we probably have any just excuse to discuss them, before I let them go, I'd rather let them go 20 minutes or half an hour too late than too early because this may be it for the Olympics and well at least for us in the Olympics and I still have a few things to ask I hope you have a few things to share I'm Jay Severin Excelsior Welcome back, best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. You are my partners, my radio family, and my friends. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network. The number is one triple eight. Pardon me, one triple eight nine hundred 
I regret deeply and with agitated state that I still do not have Twitter. Uh, They were unavailable to me during the weekend, given the specialized department that needs to tend to me. And that is my first call at 501 Eastern Time. You will be the first to hear from me, uh, whereupon Twitter is restored. I look forward to it. I miss it greatly, and I only realize once I miss it how much I miss it, because it's a direct way of speaking with you, other than your willingness to call one 888 Now, as for politics, to which we are likely to return this hour, and for many hours thereafter. The reason that I am begging your indulgence to discuss the Olympics is because, as Afor said, I believe the Olympics are important to who we are. I know they used to be, and I hope I hope they will be. I hope they are. But anything political that we have to discuss at the moment is a derivation of that by all conventional measures, Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president of the United States in a landslide. Now, I have many derivations thereof to discuss with you, and I... I hope, like I hope, the sun will rise tomorrow that I am wrong. And I hope you will argue with me that I am wrong. Actually, I hope that you'll just argue with me, you know. Uh, But for now, rather rather than report to you the dismal prospects that we behold, at least at the moment, I would far prefer to talk about something that is an open matter, that remains an open matter, and that is the Olympics. And there are two schools of thought on the Olympics. We either put the Olympics on a competition diet, i.e. we cut back on the number of events that they have, or at least the events we televise, Do you know how many hundreds of events we don't televise that they still have? Uh, Do you you recall watching the pulse pressing excitement of the race walking finals? Race walking. Do you know how many events they have that we don't see? As, as long as we have events to sell, they'll have them, even when no one watches them, even when we don't broadcast them. And that's my point before we return to politics. And again, your calls, please. one 3393 You know who has? Our partner, Frank from Pennsylvania, and I don't know to talk about what, and I don't care, because Frank is good. Frank, welcome back. Hey, brother Veritas. 
What uh, up, Veritas? The, the the reason they started to add the other events was to save those older classic events, and I don't know if cutting back is the way to go. I think we kind of have to twerk this. I Great think we point. Policy, Great point. So you're saying they're trying to We're save gonna, the old, the classic events by adding the new ones and underwrite the old ones. Right. We're going to have to twerk this. We're going to have to coliseum it up, make it more exciting. I want, I want uh, the possibility of hammerhead sharks being released in any swimming event. See? Want, there uh, you go. I like the way want, you think. Here it I is. Want in, Folks, I listen want to this. In, I need a one in ten chance that they're going to have to switch uniforms with a completely different sports uh, uniform. You know, I'm going to see who swims fastest in cleats and a uh, hockey jersey. You know? <laughs> I love maybe this. Even the pos- maybe even the possibility that they have to uh, pay tribute to the to the old uh, Olympic uh, wrestlers and and use that uniform, which was nothing. On nothing. YouTube Naked YouTube. events. That would, uh, what would that do pack, for your ratings? Well, well, Frank, you what would that do seats. for our ratings? You could pack the seats for v- beach volleyball on a one in ten chance. I'll tell you. <laughs> you you're really going to have to work on on. Uh, I don't think we're going to get rid of. Uh, the cost by by eliminating events we're gonna have to add some things here anyhow have a good day jay oh no wait before you go before you go do you want to venture a guess here about frank whether you think we need to cut down the events or the um or give it a permanent home where we don't need to rebuild it every four years or something else Semi-permanent, I think, would, would save a lot of cost. Oh, by the way, there was a, a, a second uh, sponsor of that swimmer that canceled right after the first. I don't know if you caught that in, in your break or not. I didn't. I didn't. Who was it? Do you know? I, 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 I can't remember. It was a clothing designer. But there were two now. He, he lost two within an hour. So Well, the, a- the avalanche starts, right, Frank? Yeah. Second domino falls. Hey, have a good day, Jay. All right, buddy. Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, Ryan Lotke's been dropped by now, uh, I know one, and, and Frank reports now two major sponsors, and uh, that's there, there it goes. He's done everything he could do, <clears throat> having acted like a pig, uh, and by that I mean selfishly. He's now done all the things. Have you seen him? You know how he dyed his hair platinum blonde like Billy Idol? That's gone. And he's got his contacts back in. So he's got chestnut, lightly curled chestnut hair and, uh, and, and aquamarine eyes. And he's making his sincerest apologies, which means he has good representation. But I, I fear that bird may have flown. Jay. Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. With partners. Welcome back, partners. And boy, oh boy, do I mean that. one 3393 one We've just completed the Olympics. Last night, they said, good night, thank you. 
We now close these games, and by the authority vested in me, I uh, recall us to meet again and initiate the next summer games in Tokyo, Japan, four years from this date. The question is, what will those look like? And it being Japan, and it being the Japanese, I think they'll pull it off. But my question is, beyond that, who pulls it off? Because it it costs too much, and I can't wait to see what the ratings are. I expect they're down. The seats were empty. Fraud was rampant. And it seems like we've managed to ruin this like every other tradition. And it breaks my heart. It does. Mark, uh, welcome. Are you truly, again, as I recall, (laughs) calling from the People's Republic? Yes, I am. Mark calling from China. Welcome. Well, thank you. Um, Home of the next Olympics I truly care about, the Winter Olympics. (laughs) Of 2018. Yeah. Um, By the way, the closing ceremonies had to be the worst, most boring ever. I didn't watch. Oh, you you didn't miss anything. It was was Dullsville. Um, But, Jay, my main point... I'm a little sorry for the Japanese premier that he showed up in a a hot dog outfit or whatever he did. You know, that's... (laughs) Kind of sad. But. <laughs> um, so in, my main point I wanted to make is, look, the Olympics are really about national pride. And yes. there were a number of events where you really saw that, that happening. Um, for example, the women's volleyball, not just the beach volleyball, but the regular volleyball. Yeah, um, I watched it, most of it. Here, yeah. here in China, it was, that was exciting uh, sports. Uh, here in China, you know, they hadn't won this in over 12 years, which is remarkable because they're really good. Um, yes. And yeah. and Chinese social media just exploded with pride in their country. China over finished third, did they not, they in the medals table? No, no. No, they finished first on the women's vote. No, no, I mean overall, no, overall I mean medals. medals. Yes, yes. They were which third, also right? Also surprises me because yeah, that's correct. Which also surprises me because they they're usually very good in the Olympics. Exactly, exactly. And I've heard some BBC discussions as to why that is, and if it isn't part of the inevitable opening of a society that you know that you're going to start to loosen up on these things, whereas it used to be mandated and it was a matter of national right. pride as enforced, you know, by various right. programs. That now it's not as much, and before there were certain. Uh, o- overall, the Chinese were excellent, and in particular events, they just owned them. Yes. Oh yeah, ping pong, for instance. Wow. Yes. I don't know if you saw badminton. That. They were amazing. Yeah, badminton. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the people here are trying to get me to play badminton with them, and I said, "No way. <laughs> I am not good enough <laughs> to play against you guys." You know. <laughs> But, well, you don't uh, care. You don't. I was, all I care for you is that you keep feeding yourself oysters, hundreds of them, hundreds hey, of them. You know, them. I'm in Just South. I'm in South China, and and I and I get your drift. 
uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the home of of, uh, of seafood. So yes, the oysters. I well, there you go. The yeah, it certainly is. So what the, the reaction? Oh, yeah, yeah. The reaction to the Olympics in China has largely been one of excitement. I take it, but is there one of disappointment because they didn't do as well as hoped? No, no. They, I mean, they, what I've seen is just a, an overall excitement, and especially because of that that volleyball team, um, they, you know, there's just a humongous amount of pride, and and I remember, you know, watching the Olympics years ago, I won't say how many, and, and it was always, yay, USA, we were so great, and, and we were great this time, too. You're right. There needs to be less um, televised coverage. Of, there, there was so much boring nonsense. Uh, but, well, I just but think there needs to be the- less to televise. I mean, let's take, yes, let's, exactly. let's take volleyball. Okay, if right. I'm willing to accept that beach and gymnastic volleyballs are are uh, volleyball are different sports i mean uh right. yeah, okay but uh, let me accept that for the sake of argument let's stipulate as to that i don't think we need to have teams of 2 4 6 8 12 16 22 48 54 uh, and and then the mirror image of all of those mixed Mixed teams of 2, 4, yeah. 6, 8, 12, oh, 24, yeah. 36, 54, because that's what we're doing. Like swimming, we know it's okay. If we're going to have swimming, that's great. Have, have, the, have the 100 meter, but then don't have the 101 meter and the 103 meter. Yes. Yeah, that was too much. And I, I frankly, I mean, I watched... While I was doing my work, I watched with the sound off because you know, I don't understand enough Chinese to enjoy it. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I had the TV on. I was flipping through three different channels, and so much of it was so boring that I just ignored it. Yeah, well, but then you, there's you so did little get to those exciting competitions. Yeah, I was just going to say there's so little suspense left because there are so many events. Uh, and and right. this is my major point. I've got a, a computer screen here filled with 40 events, but this is just the major categories. There are 40, four zero major categories. Now, I'll take the last one, wrestling. But within uh-huh. wrestling, Mark, how many events are there within wrestling? 20? Oh, I'm not I even, you know, even going to guess, but it's ridiculous. Yeah. All right. And then Swimming. There are 50 different swimming events within swimming. There are yes. 25 different events within sailing. There are cycling. How many different events within cycling? How many different events yeah. within diving? How many events in, in, equest- in equestrian, in fencing? Right. In, right. you know, it, okay, do these things, but reduce them Show to... The highlights, maybe. Yes, but I mean, no, no, I'm sorry, I disagree. Don't show us the highlights. Don't have them. Make them all meaningful. You know, have handball be the the two-man handball team and the six-man handball team, and that's it. Sure. I mean, you know, we don't need to see 15 different kinds of rowing. We don't need to see archery. (laughs) Great. Archery is important. 
I don't find uh-huh. it particularly thrilling, but I think it's important yeah. and good and archaic. I love it. But you're shooting at a bullseye. So have yeah. people shoot at a bullseye. One event. Right. Right. Well, and then the other thing, too, Jay, is that you've been talking about the uh, the location and the building of buildings. I mean, you know, the, the bird's nest at, in, in Beijing, it largely goes unused these days. It's a beautiful building. You know, but but that's what I hear. After yeah. the Olympics, yeah. yeah, after the Olympics, it just kind of sits there. What a waste of money. Well, those are the two big arguments. The argument is, which I've ignored, and you've brought up uh, most importantly, Mark, is legacy. Is the is is yeah. the is the whole idea of legacy? What what that is built will be used to help change that community or the people around it, or will still be standing and you and used a year, five years, 20 years after the event. Something has to change. You cannot, we really Absolutely. do literally try to rebuild Rome every four years. You can't do it. Right, right. Mark, I have to go. I appreciate the conversation, and I always find that I admire myself so much for being able to get through a conversation with you without choking, without choking on my end. Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. And partners, here you are, I trust, one 888 I have no Twitter. I hope to regain it tonight. Uh, there you go. I have said all I have to say about the Olympics. Um, it will change or it will become a... It will become a tragically pale version of what it has traditionally been and what even now it is. If if you were to have enjoyed the Olympics all your life, and I have, and as I say, I favor, I fancy the Winter Olympics, but just because of what they are, I love, I revere, I honor the Olympics. And all who compete or try to compete in them and all others who enjoy it and all it represents, I do love it so. I truly, I do. And respect it as there are few things left to respect as we can respect the Olympics. I'm there 100%. I'm there. And my my criticisms thereof truly do derive from a frustration that incredibly those vouchsafe with the responsibility of maintaining this great treasure, this this amazing gift one of the few things we've done together as human beings and not 
screwed up too much so far. I just feel it slipping away from us. You know, I, I think, I why is it I think that next Olympics, I'm going to turn it on and the opening ceremony is going to be Miley Cyrus having sex with the uh, Chinese table tennis team while they light the torch uh, with their butts. I mean, nothing too crude, it seems to me, would would be impossible to imagine if it's going to get TV ratings. And so long as... I don't know what's driving. We don't know who's driving. If TV ratings are driving this, then you're going to get 75 different versions of of uh, ping pong. It's just, something's wrong. If you're... If your boyfriend's stuck on Venus, something's wrong. If your girlfriend has a penis, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Uh, Lady Jessica of Utah. Milady, welcome. Thank you. How are you doing, Jay? I am well, m'lady. Good. Missing you on Twitter, but happy to still be back, hearing you back here. Soon as, back soon as, I don't know, I was going to say physically, but not me physically, someone else physically, but back as soon as possible. Great. Well, I am calling to weigh in on the Olympic thought here. Thank um, you. There, there are things that do probably need to be dropped but I think that they need to kind of look um, at newer things I, I play roller derby and I know that women's flat track roller derby did try to get in now tell us what that is because I Jessica I'm not sure I even know what that is so you're on roller skates yes on roller skates and I know a lot of people look at roller derby and think oh it's like it's almost like the WWF on roller skates. Well, you know, but... frankly, Milady, that's what I always had. That was my impression. But because yes. it's you, I'm wiping the slate clean and prepared to hear anew about the sport. Okay, good. Well, they've turned it more into an official sport instead of more like a spectator sport. And it requires a lot more skill and um, athleticism. And it, it's it is really in the end who can it is in the end who can and I'm sorry to, to I don't mean to be insulting but this is for me so I understand no. roller derby is in the end how many people uh, either individually one against the other or in limited teams can get around a banked track on roller skates faster as an individual or a team than their opponents. Correct. Yes. Okay. But see, they've they've done away. Um, well, the bank track is still there, but they've gone to a flat track system. All right. And um, that's. And what what's the significance women. of that? 
I, I, I think that it's just easier to do a flat track. The bank track costs more, and it's harder to find an area to set it up. Okay. And right. so they've gone to a flat track, which, um, yeah, and it's just that trying to get your jammer around the track more times than your opposing team and uh, with the strategy of your blockers, keeping that jammer from the opposing team from getting through. And so it, it, it just requires a little more skill. It's not a elbow to the face type of, you know, like it used to be. Right. And so it well, does require is this now, more. Is this now or has it ever been an Olympic sport? It has not. And I know that Would you argue trying. that it... Are you argue? Are you arguing that it ought? Yes, yes, because I do believe that once people get to a roller do- a roller derby bout, that they get intrigued, and once they figure out the rules and and what it entails, a lot of people really enjoy the sport because it's fast paced. I mean, here's my comparison. I'm a big hockey fan. So I love it when you talk about hockey, but this is my, <laughs> oh, my closest comparison to derby is hockey. It's kind of like hockey. It's, you know, it's just that getting out there and going and trying to score and the pace is real quick. So there's nothing boring about it. That's for sure. And so that's why uh, I think. Uh, Jessica, what, what about the facility is, th- does the facility lend itself to other sports when, yours is not being played or must it be fairly uniquely constructed and used for that purpose? Nope. That's the beauty of flat track. I know um, when they have the roller derby playoffs, wherever they're having them, if you've just got a big open warehouse, you lay the tape down and you've got your track and it doesn't interfere. You know, if you need to do something about that, you can. So, Whereas if you had the bank track, you've got to set it up and it's got to take up space. But the flat track is just a matter of getting your track measured out and put down on the ground. So that they'd be able to hold other things on top of that. Because I know there are some teams here in Utah that, you know, will be playing one weekend, but then they'll have the the county fair there. So right. they're, all their stuff well, has to come mm-hmm. up. Uh, Milady, let me, in thanking you for the call, let me say that I have now, I've now heard everything. We've now had everything on the show. And so, though I would rather not be going anywhere anytime soon, I can now say again, thank you so much for that contribution. And I have a feeling I'm not alone in in being the first to hear of it. So uh, thank you so very much. And Skipper, if it's not too early, why not say we let this, why not savor this taste on our palate for a moment while we take a break? Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Okay, partners, for those of you who find the Olympic discussion excruciating, your long national nightmare is over. That's all I have to say. Uh, uh, with the following exception, uh, and believe me, it's brief, uh, even brief for me, and that is the next Olympics uh, of any kind and the Olympics I care about are the Winter Olympics, and they are in Beijing, China, in two years. And I don't expect to be there, but I would give anything. I'd give anything to go there. But uh, I won't, I don't expect to be there. Uh, but the Winter Olympics will be in Beijing. One of the interesting questions apparently is how far away. Now, this is another thing when you get into the what do you do about the Olympics? Do you cut the events in half? Do you cut the length of the games in half? Uh, and the, are those kind of the same thing? Do you move it to a permanent or quasi permanent location? All of these, I think, are really interesting and important questions. Uh, but uh, one of them, certainly, uh, is illustrated in advance by Beijing, and that is they don't have snow in Beijing. They've got mountains not far, not terribly far from Beijing, but terribly far in China is, as you know, a relative thing, you know, you stop in the countryside and say, how far am I from the Great Wall? Oh, not far. Okay, so 147 days later, you're like, you're a, a, a hallowed out husk of a human being. you lying by the side of the road saying, how far? How, how far are the wall? You know, oh, not far. Okay, well, because far is far in China and the mountains, I understand it. The mountains with reliable snow are far from Beijing. So the people who are, and someone correct me if I've got this wrong, there has been a lot of advanced PR on this. And I think maybe for exactly these reasons, the people who are competing in snow sports won't be anywhere near Beijing. They'll be like from New York to L.A. away from the mountains with snow. And even then, I think they have to start making the snow now. And you really have to wonder about the snow because it's going to say on the bottom of it, made in China. one 888 one Okay, we have a few minutes for politics. How few minutes would you like to give it? I'm going to come up with a, uh, with what I can between now and tomorrow. But Donald Trump is, as of today, and we'll, we'll, we'll give it overnight to see what I, again, what I can produce for us. As of the weekend and today, there have been polls as of Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday of last week. We discussed them. And during the weekend, as of today, 
Donald Trump is losing in every national poll, and that's okay because we are trained to understand what? It's okay. There's no such thing as a national poll because there's no such thing as a national election. Bingo. And that's right. There is no such thing as a national election. And thus, ipso facto, no such thing as a national poll. And that's true. That's absolutely true. Except when it's not. When it's not is if consistently the national polls all show you either winning or losing over a period of time. And then, you know, one reaches the conclusion that just maybe the national polls mean something as opposed to nothing. Well, Trump is losing in all of the national polls. But you know what? We're going to rule right here and now. We're, going, we're not going to enter those into evidence. Those are not evidentiary because they're national polls. Okay? So we're going to turn to the only thing we can do. We're going to look at individual state polls. And in all of the individual state polls in the swing states, Trump is losing all of those too. Now, in the national polls, Trump is within four or five points and would appear that Clinton's lead is shrinking. Okay? And shrinking to within the margin of error. That's good. That's a good thing, and it's a meaningful thing. It is. And number two, and this is key, Clinton remains under 50%. Have you noticed she's never been able to break 50%? In my business, I cannot tell you how important that is. You can be ahead, you can be ahead, you can be ahead. But if you can't get over 50%, that really means a lot. And she can't reach 50%. But right now, we need a little more. Tomorrow, more? This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.